Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? Welcome to the Fabulously Keto Podcast. This is episode 113. And Jackie, today is our Ask Me Anything Day, like an ask in AMA, our AMA um, special, which we've been having now for every, how many, remind me how many episodes we have? They're about every 13 weeks. Yeah, every 13. Yep. Yep. So our AMA or Ask Ask Us Anything um, is an opportunity for listeners and our Facebook group to, you know, pose a question. And today we have, well, something a little bit different. We have one question that came through our AMA. That's through the Fabulously Keto uh, website. And um, then we also have, um, it was a great get together of some of our Fabulously Keto Facebook group um, people, which we will sort of go into after. Jackie reads the question from our Facebook um question a website question yes um so this comes from mark and he says i started eating a low carb diet to improve my overall health i needed to lose about 25 pounds and thought that low carb would help with this so it's been about a week and a half when i started this diet reducing my fruit intake and been off grains or bread for four months so what seems to be the main problem is constipation i appreciate any help so thank you mark for submitting your question louise do you want to give your first of all yeah so let's have a look at this as an engineering um you know just to find a solution to your engineering of your plumbing problem and so let's just go well it's about ins and outs so what goes in must come out. But what Mark has done is actually change the composition of what comes in. And because he says that he's reduced his fruits and grains and breads, he's changed the composition particularly around fibre. And that's maybe, you know, some of that insoluble fibre. And that would have probably back in back in the higher carb days would have perhaps created a lot more so there was a lot more um, bulk that would have sat inside the plumbing. So there's there's a logic to the idea that, you know, since he's actually changed the composition of what goes in, his body, particularly his bowel, is having to really figure out what to do. And that may change how fast it goes through. 
And then we're talking about gut motility. So how mobile the gut is in terms of processing, the composition, as well as how fast it goes through. The insoluble fibre would have held a lot more water or needed a lot more water to keep moving through it. So my, my tips would be to sort of think about you've changed the composition. It's going to change how fast it goes through. It's going to change the um, gut microbiome. So all the bacteria that used to feed off of the grains and bread and fruit are no longer there. And that's going to change how your body processes what goes in. So this is obviously just a time issue. It's not anything sinister because it's not about a blockage. You're not sort of, you know, there's no obstruction there, which when you think about how painful a bowel obstruction is, um, this is just more about a composition of what is moving through your bowel. Now, Jackie, you, what do you recommend for your clients when they sort of say, look, I'm not going as much or as often, my bowels have changed? Well, the first thing I, I think, and you sort of alluded to it just there, but one thing to just highlight is that is it really constipation or is it just, like you said, this change of the way your bowel is working? Because constipation quite often will come with pain and discomfort. Whereas what, you know, I think we see quite often is that you're just not going as much. So you've changed from crappy food that you're eating, um, grains that irritates the bowel as well, and um, and now you're eating more nutritious foods, especially if you're doing it, you know, you're eating like we do, which is real food, lots of meat and above ground leafy veg and, you know, the high fats. Um, your body is now absorbing a lot more of that and therefore there is less waste. And the way the difference that you can tell is there's no discomfort. So you might be going less, but you're not going um, you're not just you're not uncomfortable so my well you've got a few things that you do but I would say well one thing that I've discovered is vitamin c and in the terms of ascorbic acid um, if you increase that too much you'll certainly know and you'll certainly feel everything coming out um, but the other one that I have always have it on hand at home is something called MAG-O7. Now, it's a magnesium oxide, but it's not a magnesium supplement. It is just to go to the loo. And I would suggest if somebody's taking that, and it's just called MAG-O7, is to take one at night, and then hopefully in the morning there will be a movement. But maybe not, but I would increase it very slowly because you can have the disaster pants that ascorbic acid brings along with it. Um, so I would start with one for a few days. If that doesn't work, then up to two and leave that for a few days. I wouldn't rush in with loads because you might regret that. And then you might have some stomach pain. <laughs> <laughs> The other, I mean, this is this is where we're sort of thinking about ways to sort of help things along. I think that that's really, you know, that that might bring us comfort, but it doesn't not so much solve the the issue that we need to understand. That, as you said, you know, by 
the input is better quality, so our output, our waste will be reduced. So the frequency will be reduced, and that's not necessarily, as you said, constipation. But if you are feeling sort of not uncomfortable but you're not familiar, your body is still adjusting and you think, well, I just, I think I need to go, but not because you've got pain and obstructive pain, but, you know, you just need to be reassured that things are still moving. Then, as you said, ascorbic acid, your Epsom salts, your magnesium, MCT so um, or coconut is another sort of um, that sort of medium chain triglyceride will help things along. And as you said, disaster pains. And again, so oh, be careful. Yeah, one teaspoon to start with and build up. And also I find mm. once you get things moving, but this is, mm. you know, we can't give advice, but this this is my personal anecdote, that once things start moving and your body has adjusted, you don't need as much help to get things going. So I think it's just in the beginning. And maybe probiotics would be um, helpful to replace uh, or encourage certain good bacteria that will help move things along especially as if your gut microbiome is changing yeah and i think that's part of the adjustment phase so as as you said it's only been a couple of months so i think you know that that's a it's a period of adjustment and that's gut motility is just obviously adjusting to the composition changes and that's a period of adjustment so but less frequency isn't necessarily as Jackie said constipation because that would be with bloating would be pain and an absence obviously of you know any bowel movement um another thing that you need to sort of think about is you know if you are still passing wind then that still means that things are moving right so you know if there's an absence of any you know any passing wind um then you'd be concerned about obviously an obstruction which is bad but less frequency is okay yeah great i think mark i hope that helps i mean you sent in your question quite a while ago um between um the last year ama and this one so hopefully you've sorted things out by now but this will help other people as well i'm sure sure so now we're going to go over to our in our get together with our facebook group and the topic was how do we get through the Christmas and the holidays. So Americans, uh, no, the Canadians have had their Thanksgiving, I think, by now. They've had their things, and North Americans, yes. So they're moving into their holiday season. North Americans are now coming up to their Thanksgiving, and then we've got Christmas and New Year, and how do we navigate that and how do we stay on plan or come off plan and get back on plan? So we cover all that with some members of our group. And if you want to join the Facebook group, come on over to fabulouslyketo.com no no don't do that come to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash fabulously keto but you're welcome to come to fabulouslyketo.com to sort of where our links for our newsletters and our podcast links and obviously where mark went to sort of submit his ama question but it was a rambling lovely chat with our facebook members so jackie let's roll the tape Welcome everybody to the Fabulously Keto podcast. Today we have with us, we have Heather, we have Heidi, we have Nicola, we have Liz, and we have Joanne, and we have Julia. And perhaps we'll get you to say a quick hello 
and where you are in the world, as we always do. And anything else you want to share for a minute or two? Go ahead. Let's start with, oh, we've got, and of course I've got, we've got Louise, but you'll hear her come on shortly. <laughs> um, Heather, you go first. Uh, I, I'm in Lincolnshire. Um, I'm part of PHC, as I think are lots of people here. Um, I also run um, the Lifestyle Club uh, groups. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just, I've been low carb for four plus years now. So this will be my fifth low carb Christmas coming up. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's tricky time, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah. So um, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Heidi? Hello. Uh, thank you for inviting me to your meeting. Um, I'm in Farningham, which is near Dartford, Swanley, Kent. I have been in a low-carb keto space for a very long time, but I tend to remain in the background because I do find I have ups and downs with it. Um, and the last few years have been quite difficult. Um, so I've not really... I, I do, I'm still low carb minded. I've not come completely off plan or nothing like that, but my mindset and what I, I think about it has changed. So I tended to take a break from it for a while because it all got a bit too much. And during lockdown and COVID, that was um, awful stuff going on social media that even I was participating in, you know, in the very beginning when nobody knew nothing, there was lots of things flying about and I just come right off it and stayed in the background, really. But I'm still very active in reading things and knowing bits what's going on. So, uh, yeah, so I like to still think I'm part of it, <laughs> but um, very much in the background. But, no, this is nice to see everybody and come out. So, great. Thank you. Um, I'm just working my way around my screen. So, Nicola, you're next. Oh, hi. Yeah, um, I'm in Southport in the northwest of England, uh, which is, people might know that that's David Unwin territory. And I'm a PHC ambassador. I'm very lucky to actually support their low-carb group as well as another local group. And I'm also, um, I've been training with the Nutrition Network, which is part of the Notes Foundation. I've done about five of their courses just because I'm such a low-carb enthusiast. And I've been low-carb since January 2019, where I've been in an to lose weight, really, and just stayed with it because it just makes you feel so great. Great. Thank you. Liz, so um, Nicola's been uh, one of our podcast guests. Now we've got Liz, another podcast guest. Yes, thank you. Um, I've been low carb since September 2017. So I suppose I'm coming up for my sixth Christmas, low carb Christmas. Um, I too am involved with the PHC. I run the volunteer program, but I'm also a volunteer. So I run low carb groups in my local area. Well, I do mine online, really, but it's largely for the area where um, I live, which is Basingstoke in the south of England, uh, southwest of London. Um, I pretty much do stick to low carb. Um, I initially lost four stone, which is about uh, 25 kilos, is it? I think in, in thing. Exactly. Put my diabetes in remission and it remains in remission. Um, I My weight has crept up over the last couple of years. I really do eat strictly low carb. Some days, 
well, I've had periods of doing sort of four or five days pure carnivore. Um, but most days I have some carbs. But I mean, in the terms of, you know, veg and yogurt, not and nuts, not anything else. I never eat. Well, never. Once a year, maybe I have something. We go out to some really special meal and I'll eat a small piece of bread. But other than that, I just do not eat carbs. So I have a low carb Christmas. There's just no I just don't deviate that's it but I overeat I think I'm still a food addict even though you know I probably you know I could sit and eat half a block of butter you know what I mean which at the end of the day it's all very well it's it won't affect my diabetes probably but you know it's it's not terribly good so that's me really okay great we'll look forward to hearing about your low-carb Christmases um Joanne welcome good morning another podcast guest another Another podcast guest. Yes. Uh, uh, I'm in the villages, Florida. I just got back from a three-week long trip up to New England uh, to visit family, friends, and decide if I want to move up there. But it was cold, so I have a little more thinking to do. Um, uh, I do Christmas every year so I can control it, basically. Um, And I have friends who appreciate my low carbness, and I put them on the hors d'oeuvres and on the uh, uh, desserts, and they always come up with something wonderfully low carb, and they ask for my approval before they <laughs> before they come. So I don't have a big problem. I don't bring anything into my house because I am a food addict, and um, I still have an unopened bar of Cadbury's for somebody who hasn't picked it up yet from my last trip to London. So I I have to really watch because one one little thing can set me off. Yeah. Juliet, um, Juliet's having tech issues, but can you hear us? Can you talk? Maybe not at the moment. She did send a message that she's having tech issues. Julia, if you can hear us, I'm gathering you can hear us because you're still here. Um, just let us know when when you get when you get sorted out, and if you want to join in, just join in. Um, great. So, Louise, I'm going to hand over to you because you're going to direct the conversation. Thank you, Jackie. Um, yes, and it's it's lovely to see everybody on the screen. Um, it, it feels like um, certainly. You know, people in the Fabulously Keto group, um, our Facebook group, and it's lovely to see our returning um, podcast guests that we've had. And um, Heidi, it's been ages, and it was really lovely. Our Real Food Rocks little road trip um, that we did, um, and that was back in 2019, so that's probably, yeah, the last time that we saw saw each other. But um, I was just before we sort of popped on the call, it was really interesting that we were sort of saying, how do we control, um, you know, our food environments? And I think, Joanne, you were saying, as a food addict, I need to have control. And I think that that's something that we all experience, obviously, um, not so much out of controlness, but when we go, particularly in the holidays, um, and for Joanne, you know, you're moving into um, your Thanksgiving period, you're having these social gatherings. How do we control um, our food environments, particularly when we have um, particular ways that we eat and particularly when we go to these social gatherings that we can't control the menu? So I think, um, Heidi, can you just remind us, what was that one word that do you say 
um, when you're in that social setting? I think you was a very powerful word. Well, I'm a food sugar addict. Was it that? No. Well, you sort of said no. No, yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I do say no. Um, it is difficult. I have been in situations where going Sunday just to a birthday, I won't have cake. I will tell them no. I just don't do the sugar, you know. I'm quite, but it's family. So, well, you know, does um, it make a difference when it's not family? I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? Um, it can, can't it? It is difficult. It's one thing to admit, say you're a food addict. And you've got these things, but you taking action in those situations is difficult. Um, you can use certain tools, can't you? And, you know, I suppose you've got to be straight with yourself. Are you not saying no because you're just going to upset them? And that's the issue, perhaps. Perhaps beforehand you should be saying, well, look, I have got, I don't eat this. Please don't. I, I don't know. If you were vegan, vegetarian or something, would you, how would you deal with that? Well, you'd say right up front. If you're very strict. If you've got an allergy, perhaps you could lie. And say you've got an allergy or you're on antibiotics or you're avoiding certain things. I know I've, I've said that before. If you're not drinking alcohol when I'm driving or I'm taking some, t I've heard that before. A lot of people who are trying to withdraw from the drink, you know, well, I, I'm taking antibiotics, so I'm staying off it. And that that's helped. I mean, maybe create a lie. I don't see a problem with that. Maybe you're, maybe you're feeling under the weather or you're just recovering for that. I, I don't know. Somehow, You've got to take control of it by taking some sort of action rather than perhaps not saying anything. Now, uh, I know, Liz, you were sort of um, you saying yeah, something. I, I, think you, I think you do have to say no. It's difficult. I mean, I had an example of this with somebody in my low-carb group, couple, who went down to see some friends in Devon. And I think they were relatives, actually, sort of second cousin or something. And they went down there. And they hadn't said anything before they went, or they might have vaguely mentioned that, you know, they were doing something, but not, nothing really turned around. Anyway, she bought in a load of cakes and things. And he felt that he sort of, it would be rude. She'd obviously gone to an awful lot of trouble to get all this stuff in for them, for their benefit. And he felt it was rude not to have it. So he did eat a cake. But I think in those circumstances, I said, well, fair enough. I can understand that it can be difficult. And you, you're there. You haven't said anything in advance. They've gone to all this trouble. I mean, I personally would say, no, I wouldn't have any qualms. I just would say, no, really, I'm really sorry you've gone to all this. But, you know, I don't eat cake because I'm diabetic or whatever. That's what I would say. But I think a second time, having if it's somewhere where you're not going to go again, then that's fair enough. But if you're going to go again, I think the next time you have to say, you have to tell them in advance when you're planning to go and say, look, I really appreciate it. it was lovely that you went to all that trouble up, but please don't buy cake this time because I really can't have it. I'm diabetic and I can't have it. Then if you go and they have bought cake because they say, oh, I know, but he ate it last time. So he will again, which is you know what they probably will think. You do not eat it because you did tell them not to get it and that you wouldn't eat it. So I don't think you can feel at all guilty for then saying, no, really, I did say I couldn't eat it and I don't. And, you know, at the end of the day, you told them in advance. I think if you go and you haven't had words beforehand, but I think... Um, 
uh, that Heidi was right, ideally tell them, you know, if you were a vegan or a vegetarian, they wouldn't hesitate, apart from the fact your friend would probably know that you were vegetarian, but you wouldn't hesitate in saying, you know, I don't want to make fuss, but or I'm allergic to something, you know, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I think we need to do the same. I think there's a really important part that, that we can sort of tease out there. One is obviously around these social expectations, you know, that I'm expected to, you know, here is, and for me, it's my language of love. Here, I love you. Eat my food. You know, here, this is the thought and the preparation that I've done for you. I show that I care. So here is my food. So there's there's a language of love that comes with these social situations. So it's part of our culture that we come and share a meal with family and friends, particularly around the holidays. The second thing is, if you're like me, as an obliger, oh, look at what they've done. Look at all that love. You know, I'm receiving your love and I feel obliged. So I'm an obliger. I will need to to respond to to that social cue and not offend people. Mm. But as you said, you know, this is my health. I'm not going to compromise my health. I'm an you know, I'm a food addict or just as if I was an alcoholic, you know, I'm not going to have that because that's going to trigger this. So I'm allergic, I'm diabetic, that sort of stuff. And I think, you know, it's around we have these social cues and we don't want to offend anybody. Now, Juliet, are you, um, how's your tech issues? Can we hear you now? I I think you can hear me. Can you? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Welcome. Right. Just introduce yourself to everyone. Um, I'm down in the southwest. I'm quite near Bristol. Um, I've been low carb, healthy keto, call it, um, since about November 2020. I first did a, a course um, online. Um, I was initially trying to find out uh, about anti-inflammatory foods and it um due to I was waiting for hip operations and I was just you know in the hands of of people on the waiting list and what have you and I felt like I wasn't doing anything for myself so I felt I had to take charge of that and um it's yeah been amazing really so I'm, I'm still I'm recovering from two hip replacements in the last six months and um Luckily, my husband is also low carb, so it's been easy to to do it together. So, so yeah. have you got any tips for Christmases or parties? Because parties is another thing that happens a lot around Christmas. So, you know, how do you navigate those as well? Well, we've only done a, a couple, but um, yeah, just um, just use alternatives I suppose really if it's the Christmas dinner then you know I I don't have the potatoes I I might have a bit of butternut squash I'm um I don't worry too much about you know being really really low carb um if I fancy it I'll just go back on to how I normally if it's a special occasion then um but with the sort of sweeter stuff then uh, it it won't be um anything like we used to have we'll we'll make our own desserts and things so yeah great Nicola oh go on whoever somebody was going to talk I I was going to pick up on what Louise was saying um about um 
obliging and um you know you don't want to offend anyone but if there's a little chink in your own armor that's an opportunity to to really go off plan isn't it and if you're not you know if you're not all completely armored up then that little chink will just open up the, the floodgates and and you're in there and then it's hard to come back from that isn't it mm. so yeah Absolutely. And I remember um, hearing uh, Megan Ramos, um, so from the IDM or the the fasting method, and she had some great tips for um, obviously these social situations. So she would always eat, she made suggestions like eat something really filling and satiating before you go to the event. So she'd always say, you know, have bacon and eggs before going, going to a lunch or a dinner. She also said about, you know, if there's, if you are served, you know, obviously um, carbs on a plate like potatoes or, you know, high carb foods, then she always started with the fatty protein. So, you know, where the, the fatty protein would be, um, you know, like your steak or, or your meat, those sorts of things. And particularly at Christmas time, we can think about maybe some delicious turkey or, you know, or pork or, you know, like a roast. So starting with your fatty protein and by the time you get around to the, um, you know, from the veg to the potatoes, you may not actually want to have that higher carb sort of vegetable. So she made obviously some, some great, great suggestions there. So I was really curious when Joanne was saying she sets the menu, what's going to be on the menu in Florida? Well, I haven't got it done yet because my brother has a girlfriend and won't be being helping me this year. So um, it's probably going to be a turkey or um, some kind of roast, um, all low-carb vegetables um, and anything else that comes in, at least, at least the low-carbs are covered. I delegate to my friend Suzanne the hors d'oeuvres or to my friend Faye. Who, who totally support me in this because they've watched me lose all the weight. So that's not a problem. However, I will be invited to Thanksgiving at people's houses. Um, and I've just come off a 22-day road trip where I was invited to dinner and I was given a party and they served lasagna. And fortunately, it was a buffet. And there were wonderful hors d'oeuvres. So I kept my plate full of olives and really good things. And I took one piece of lasagna and only ate the insides. Well done. And nobody noticed. That's the thing is not to make that big of a deal of it unless it's a sit down dinner. Then you'll be noticed. You'll be betrayed. (laughs) So um, I, I, like to plan where I'm going, but uh, unless I'm uh, staying at like my cousin who doesn't ever put anything bad in front of me, neither cousin. Um, and I had to uh, refuse a piece of Connecticut corn at, at one place, but they made no deal of it because they, they're so proud of me for losing all the weight. So family was no problem. Um, but friends, I haven't told all of them, but that I'm an addict. I don't share that outside of uh, outside of any understanding people. But uh, yeah, um, so I don't know about that Thanksgiving this year. I may make a turkey for myself. So right. <laughs> I like leftovers. And I like to make soup. So yeah, I may do the, that. 
But the American palette is um, certainly very sweet orientated. And I remember having a, a one of my my students, um, and she was from Southern California, and she sort of was sharing these recipes for Thanksgiving. And there's this most unusual sort of recipe which had the candied yams, Ooh. which is sweet potato. Ooh and marshmallow with some cranberry sauce through it. And it was obviously something that you would never have outside of a Thanksgiving, but it's just the most interestingly concoction of, yeah, sweet potato and marshmallows and, you know, the the cranberry sauce. So I'm just, no wonder you got a food primer on Thanksgiving. Uh, that we usually have a turkey with stuffing. You have to stay away from that. Uh, Green bean bean casserole, which you can make so many ways. Just get fresh green beans, throw some almonds on them and some butter. Nothing's better than that. Potatoes, um, uh, yams or sweet potatoes, but I do do a sweet potato. I cut it into discs. I put butter on it bake it and top it with cinnamon or either put cinnamon on the outside of it so that it is the healthiest it can be and then only have two little discs because that's that's the one I miss. Uh, turnips, lots of root vegetables, uh, not the healthiest meal. Cranberry sauce is easy to make with the sugar substitutes. Now that is delicious. So I would say Cranberry sauce, green bean casserole, maybe a little uh, sweet potato, and a fabulous bird. Mm. Mm. And Carrie Brown has a recipe on her website, which is carriebrown.com, which is a cranberry sauce. So how to make a cranberry sauce. In fact, she's got loads of cranberry recipes on there. So this cranberry is grown in Massachusetts. So mm. yes, loads of them. Nicola, what are your top tips or how do you cope? My Christmas can be tricky depending on where I am. So if I'm hosting, then I can control it like Joanne says. But um, if I go to my husband's family, they're okay, actually. If they offer a piece of cake and I say, no, thank you, nobody says why. They just say, okay, fair enough. But my mum is a massive feeder and my nan was a massive feeder. And they're very much that... Um, food is love and especially if it's cake and and snacks and and sweets and chocolates so that's where I have more of a problem Um, last year what I did was I made substitutes so I would make a low carb cake uh, and things like that but then I did find that I had a bit of a problem with overeating them so I think this year I will do more of um, just sticking to the low carb sort of the meats and the vegetables and everything at the main dinner. And um, if someone offers me a piece of cake, I'll just say, no, I don't want any. Or I might even just have a really tiny piece if I do fancy it because it's Christmas. But apart from that, like I think I've just got my head around that. I've got to say to people, I'm not doing it. You know, like you said, Louise, it's you feel obliged because they've, they've bought it for you. I mean, you know, people know that I'm low carb and still they're buying me chocolate for Christmas. Um crazy (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is crazy if they know you're low carb unless they buy you deliciously guilt-free chocolate or 
Well, of course. But also another thing is um, when we were saying about eating out at Christmas as well. So I've got quite a few things coming up, like shows to go to and concerts. And we always have a meal either before or after. Um, But I find it quite easy to eat out now. So I just swap out the potatoes for more vegetables. I've never had a problem doing that. And I also have a look at where I'm going beforehand so I can plan what I'm going to have. Yeah. So obviously I won't won't go to a Chinese and places like that because there's no way there's anything I can eat. No, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think it, you know, it, well, just to just to be fair, that um, that's one of my my top tips is basically to always, you know, if you know where you're going, you can always um, check the menu online and make a decision. But I went to a um, I went to a Chinese restaurant, and um, there's obviously the vegetables, like a stir fry veggies. There's always a protein in a vegetable sort of dish, like the chicken and cashew. But the things that you need to sort of forgive yourself for is one, you know, if you have anything deep fried, then like a, you know, a deep fried crispy pork, it'll be in the crappy seed oils. Some of the sauces will have um, some of the, like the oyster sauce will have obviously, you know, um, thickeners and maybe some sugars. Don't do anything sticky. You know, anything sticky, sticky sort of pork ribs will be obviously a sugar coating for that. But, yeah, you'll always get a kale, like a, a, a green kale um, in an oyster sauce with mushrooms and you can have, you know, that with a crispy pork. Cashews, the soups, like a broth, um, you know, will will be fine. But obviously no rice, no fried rice, no no um, no dumplings um, or, um, yeah, anything, anything sticky. But you need to sort of let yourself go with some of the crappy seed oils that it's it's cooked in then you know that's that's by the by so um yeah but definitely love that top tip check the menu beforehand because i think your all power to you is making the decision before you go you've actually there's no surprises and you're not overwhelmed with oh you know just going to go off plan today so i always say if there's fish if there's fish or steak on the menu i can have it yeah certainly yeah I'm with that I'm with you on that and I tend to look in advance but actually more recently I've got to the point where I don't worry about it because I'm sure I'll find something I'm sure I'll be able to make something work so yeah yeah I, I preparation is the key right Jackie so I think you know preparation is the key and I really like that Joanne you know she's she's in control and um you know Nicola's in control I'll tell you what my sister-in-law is doing, and this is this this appeals to me being the um you know the the in control person that I am. She has the spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. It's this most beautiful spreadsheet because we're going away um, as a as an extended family um, for about five or well, most of us will be there for five days at um like a little river a river shack a river cottage. And so um, the cousins, the extended cousins, and are going to be there. So from from um, the Friday, the twenty third of December, all the way through to the thirty first, um, and you know, and cousins are coming in and out, and and some aunts, and my mum, brother, um, and the kids as well. So she's got the meals set. So everything is transparent. So, you know, and it's been really good because she's been able to consult with everybody, you know, like what they're going to have. And it's like, yeah, I can have that. I might, you know, give that a bit of a miss because they're having um, on the river, on the river cottage, you know, the cousins will go fishing. So they'll have battered fish and chips. But, you know, I can ask for maybe some grilled. 
and I'll have a salad instead of instead of the um, giant the fries, in the the chips. So um, yeah, so there's things there that I can dip in, but I'm already knowing that this is a social situation, and my cousin's gluten free, and my mum is mostly mostly low carb, and you know that yeah, there's really good things and. When we get together, I'll know, yeah, there'll be plenty of bacon, there'll be plenty of eggs because the shopping list is already already done. So the spreadsheet is beautiful and I'm <laughs> already ahead of the game for, you know, this intense family social social period. So, um, yeah, all kudos to my sister-in-law for getting things organised for me. <laughs> and I was going to say parties. I've got a party coming up um, tomorrow night and... It's a buffet. And here in the UK, it's no doubt going to be a beige buffet. Um, so I have already planned that I will be having steak and eggs before I go. Um, might I eat something that's not on plan? It's possible. Um, but I won't be hungry, so I won't feel the need to eat. So then it's just a matter of choice of whether I choose something. But it's got to the point where if I see a sausage roll or a sandwich made with sliced bread that's, you know, pre-sliced, that doesn't even appeal to me anymore. I I don't want to eat it. So um, I think it's, I definitely am with Megan Ramos on eat before you go. And if I do anything, I tend to eat. And it's usually steak and eggs, keeps me full, um, low carb. So if I choose to have a little bit, something a little bit carby, I won't be too much out. and. Yeah, I, that's the way I cope with it. But I wanted to talk about, is anyone here? Does anyone come off plan for Christmas? Not intentionally. Oh, very good. <laughs> I'm the only one who comes off plan. In what way do you mean, what plan do you actually follow? When you say low carb, I mean, um, I don't know, most of, I couldn't eat those low carb cakes and things like that. It's, it's sugar. I, I don't know whether I'd have a drink or... I don't know. Even cheese makes can be difficult. Yeah. And that's a big thing of Christmas, the cheese board and things. We always do too much, even though we have those sort of things, meats and things. I don't, I don't know. It's, um, I don't know. What, I think sometimes you can be too rigid. If, if it's something that's going to make you overeat and it's a trigger and you know it, I think, you know, it's good to avoid it. But if you can have a little bit, You've had it, it's fine. There's not a problem with that, I don't think. It's a balance, isn't it? Yeah. And maybe choose the better alternative, then and that's better, isn't it? Um, I overeat. I, I don't too... eat sort of high carbs. I overeat, so I eat more nuts. So we do some nice spiced nuts and we eat far more of those than we might eat. You know, we're normally during the week, we might have, you know, I might, if I'm feeling really i need a snack of some sort i might have half a dozen pecan halves that's it at christmas i make these really nice spiced nuts you put an egg white and sort of make it a bit frothy pile all the different nuts in and various spices and a bit of chili and stuff and you roast them in the oven and they're just absolutely lovely and really moorish but you know they're all the good nuts there's nothing terribly wrong with it you know yeah a whole, whole, whole pack of them it's still only going to be three or four grams of carbohydrate or five maybe it's not carby but you know i overeat the nuts i do make a dessert I make a low carb sherry trifle 
um you know and we have but we make individual ones so you can't have two portions we make however many two or three of us in the house because we're not big fat you know it's only me and my sister and sometimes my daughter um so we make individual ones. I say, right, I'm going to make three trifles, three individual ones. So you can't go back and have more and more of it. Um, but, you know, we might eat more chocolate, albeit the 85, 90% chocolate. And I might make some chocolates myself. You know, if you make raspberry with very dark chocolate and freeze them, they're to die for. So, you know, you make those sorts of things and eat more of them. So I might put on weight over Christmas, but I won't have completely wrecked my blood sugars. So I sort of stay low carb, but overeat, I think, is what I do at Christmas. Be fair. I think that's quite a good idea is to make individual portions or just enough. It's eaten, it's gone, and that's it. That you haven't got nuts. I, I wouldn't have nuts and that hanging about. My cupboard's not really got them. And they don't really bother me like they used to. But with my partner, Andy, they bothered him. So we've got them at they're out the house, you know, and I wouldn't go buying bags and bags of nuts and that for us. Um, but perhaps if you do a small amount and then it's gone again and not hanging around, maybe that, you know, just individual things is quite a good idea to keep control of it, you know. That's another a tool, isn't it, I think, um, that people could use. Um, and you can, if you wanted to buy or bake, even the low carb stuff, just smaller versions of it, maybe. Yeah. Maybe, you know, I, I, I suppose it's what works. Isn't it? I must admit, over the years where we have been very low carb, we do avoid going out. We don't go out to Chinese's and things like that. And it is because we don't eat that thing. It, it's all sweet and things. We, I must admit, we don't do that as much as we used to. So, it, it, you do miss out on the social things sometimes, definitely, and being around people and just forgetting everything and enjoying it. But the consequences are just too much now. So I'm, yeah, it, it's hard. I think to, you don't want to be too dogmatic, do you? Sometimes, yeah. Maybe, maybe the veg, you know, the seasonal veg is uh, a better choice to help fill up on as well. Make a great low-carb stuffing to go with your roast. Yeah. I mean, you can, can't you? I mean, I have, I've made quite a lot of low-carb things over the years, but I don't now. We don't use, like, the, I couldn't, like, the cranberry sauce. I'd just stew cranberries. I wouldn't add sugar or anything to them sort of things. Because I just, that low-carb sugars don't do it for, they're, they're quite um, irritating to the stomach as well. Yeah. So they're not good. We we personally found so it's quite good. I don't use those anymore. So yeah. and they can still be quite addictive. They're very addictive. It's sweet. It's very addictive. Nuts. I've been there. Yeah. You know, I don't use arm. I don't cook with almond flour and that now. I don't really do a lot of that now because I find the flowers, the nut flour, anything like that is leads down the slippery slope. <laughs> But that, that's us, you know. But, um, yeah, tricky, though, tricky, isn't it, to to avoid everything. But I, I thought the tip of individual portions or just enough, perhaps, having that and then rather than piles of it everywhere. I think it, it it's really speaks to, um, again, 
if you are a food addict, if you do have these food um, sensitivities, then you know you you know yourself whether you're an abstainer or you are a moderator. Now I know Jackie, and I really admire Jackie for her uh, supreme fabulous ability to moderate and I know you know Jackie's spoken in the past when she comes what she calls off plan she'll have a roast potato and a Yorkshire pudding and you know there will be obviously all these things that that's Christmas but Jackie's very good at what we would say compartmentalizing I'm on plan I'm off plan and then I'm back on plan but I think what what we read, you know, for many of us that are in, you know, many of these um, groups, that you, where you see people derail themselves in going off plan, and then it becomes this vicious cycle. And that may be because of, as you would know, those food addictions, it sparks those cravings, that there is no sort of um, on and off switch because for some of us, you know, those those food addictions, it's it's has to be completely, you know, um, clean, abstain, and you know, as as Heidi's saying, it's a real tension. There is a tension between these are my food rules. These are, this is where I need to be in you know on this on this path, and you know, do not pass go, do not collect two hundred dollars because once I'm off. I am in a whole world of pain. Yeah. And for many of us, I know um, this might speak to Juliet, you know, with this inflammation. You know, if we do have those inflammatory disorders such as chronic pain, um, you know, we have rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgias, all of those, you know, conditions that is inflammatory based, you know, the derailment, you know, causes quite a significant um you know adverse reactions and that's very hard to to reconcile all for you know the social situations you know obliging to just social norms and family traditions um yeah i think the the tension heidi is speaking about but juliet you know is this is with your recovery from your hip um operations are you very conscious of those foods that can trigger um, you all, you know, pain. I think um, because I've been in sort of constant pain and on a lot of painkillers, some really nasty ones for a, a good couple of years, it now is the trial really. Now I'm coming off of those painkillers is to see what actually, you know, if it does have an effect. Um, so I don't know at the moment because it, it's, um, yeah, it's early days. But um, I do want to, uh, the, going back to the sort of alcohol thing, um, the painkillers I was on meant I couldn't drink, which was fine. I had a, you know, I had an excuse and I, I didn't want to. I was scared to drink. Now I'm coming off of those. Oh, we're coming up to Christmas. I don't think I'll have a drink. I don't want to go back to having a drink, but that temptation could be there because of the emotion and everything that's, you know, linked around traditions at Christmas time and everything. So it's going to be quite a challenge, I think, this Christmas, because it's still, you know, it's only been a couple of years for me, so I'm still learning lots. But it's really interesting to hear all your different um, points about, you know, eating at parties and things like that, because I haven't had to really deal with that very much. So, and I do feel a bit alienated with things coming up 
um, as to how I'm going to deal with it without feeling guilty, I suppose, to myself for all the work that I've put in so far. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely about thinking in advance of those situations, what might come up. So you're coming off the painkillers at the moment. Yeah. Now would be a good time to think, how am I going to navigate Christmas? And maybe it's um, thinking about I'll drive, so therefore you can't drink. Um, that's one of my the things that I do. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big drinker. I've never been, well, since my teens, I've never been a big drinker um, on my 20s. Um, so now, my and I've got a set of friends who drink loads, absolutely bottles, and they'll go through six bottles of Prosecco and between six of them. Um, so my coping strategy is to drive. If I'm driving, you know, I might have a glass early in the evening and then I won't bother anymore. So it'd be good to think in advance, how are you going to deal with that? And what, you know, you could even think, right, well, I'm still going to assume that I'm on the painkillers and I'm going to treat it as if I was on the painkillers. But you have to, you have to sort of plan it in advance. Definitely. I think that's what I'm learning with um, a couple of things that we have been to that we were, you know, we have in the past looked at a menu and decided beforehand and everything. I thought we were just being a bit odd. Um, but obviously, you know, it's, it's the way to do it, isn't it? And I think the more you hear other people doing it, you realise you're, you know, you're not so strange after all. Um, and I think it also speaks to these self-expectations. So just, just reflecting on, on that sort of thing, I think I'm odd. Well, welcome to the club of oddness. So you're you're amongst <laughs> fine company here. So all the odd, odd fellows. But you know, I think there's, you know, there's a method in the madness, you know, that this is let's be mindful again of why we're here. We have reclaimed, we have, you know, we've put diabetes in remission, we have lost weight. We are healing, you know, in terms of managing chronic pain. You know, we are doing all wonderful things because we have prioritised our health. So, and I think that there, that's a thing. We, collectively, the royal we, you know, we have prioritised our health and we have made some significant behavioural changes, choices positively for a great outcome. You know, when you think about, you know, um, Liz has put a diabetes in remission. You know that these are things to be celebrating, and you know we can, you know, make a choice at that, that at that time. The best decision at that time might be having a glass of prosecco. It doesn't have to be the whole bottle, but um, I'd be asleep in the corner. I'm a sleepy drunk anyway, so I'm here. <laughs> or I used to actually have um, my mother-in-law's um, little sherry glass. So I know that only has only 80 mils, you know, like an, an 80 mil glass. So I would have my thimble. Yeah, it's, it's really about making choices that fit with you. So that little sherry glass, that little nip, gave me, you know, a glass on the table. So I was appearing to be social. Um, and, you know, I knew that that 180 mil glass would be would be fine. You know, it's enough. So my little symbol. So I think, you know, yeah. let's remember 
our whys, why we are making these choices. So let's have that, you know, I'm making a positive choice because my diabetes is important, you know, my, my diabetes remission is important to me. My, you know, my weight loss is important to me. My whatever is important. I'm going to make positive choices. So, and I think that should resonate with you, um, Nicola, doesn't it? Like, you know, in your group work, you've got people there with quite significant whys. Yeah, definitely. And um, of course, because I work with the unwins, they always ask them what their why is and then to give them hope. So it's not all about achieving that very end goal. It's about little steps along the way. Well, where would you like to see yourself next month and things like that? So, yeah, yeah. it's definitely about the why. Planning it's ahead not- is, is very important. I think yeah. if you can have a little idea of planning and what you could do and where, you, you know, that's definitely important, I think. To help. Yeah, but the hope that, you know, what can I do today? What can I do this week? What can I do next week? And, uh, you know, that that hope that they, um, certainly the unwins talk about is, you know, I hope to be, you know, running with my grandchildren at the park, you know, but I, you know, what can I do today, this week, next month? And what does that look like? You know, what does that really look like? You know, and what does that bring, that emotion? You know, what does that what does that look like and what does that feel like for you? I think um, that's um, great. Perhaps you can visualise yourself in social situations eating on plan or eating well. Perhaps that is something, you know, to visualise in those how you, in those situations, how you feel, the confidence. That, yeah, it's fine to be like that. And it's fine to say no and, mm. you know, your why or to avoid certain things it's fine and perhaps visualizing that helps having that you know before going (laughs) so you can sort of mentally prepare that yes you know you are gonna be a bit stronger in that situation that you are going to look at the menu beforehand even if you go you know I think google the restaurant have a look have a little bit of a research, maybe eat before you go, take a few <laughs> smelly boiled eggs in your bag or something. A lot of people do that, don't they? That's take normally my, my trick is smelly boiled eggs. Yeah, well, you know, that's it. Just little ways that you can feel okay in that situation. It's no good just thinking about how you're going to be there. You've got to take some action, haven't you, I think, and that's really helpful. that's the purse the purse bacon so having the bacon in the bag but I but I think it's about also um you know managing people's expectations and I think that's where you know as an obliger we need to you know as you said that can create a little bit of anxiety about disappointing people or upsetting people or people that we know have gone to a lot of work so what could we say, you know, like, I really appreciate going to all that effort, as you said, you know, um, Liz was giving the example about the cake, you know, going to the friends or the cousin's place with cake. So I really appreciate you going to all that trouble, but um, because of my diabetes or my allergy or whatever, as, as Heidi was saying, you know, maybe we just need to give them something, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, maybe choose choose this choose not to have it today but I really appreciate you going to I can see that you've gone to a lot of effort 
I really appreciate you taking the time for that. But because of my allergy, I'm just going to just have a, a cup of tea right now. So, but, but thank you. Yeah. So I think, you know, we need to think not to create ourselves anxiety, but to have a really go-to sort of way of acknowledging, appreciating, but diverting attention away, not making a fuss maybe, you know, but just having a, have something to sort of in case, you know, we get asked why we're not partaking. So, um, I mean, if I was invited to somebody's house for a meal um it doesn't happen very often because most people know how i eat now um i would definitely be asking what's what's on the menu and working out if that's something i can have and i would definitely be okay up front if they were saying they're having this and it didn't fit in with me lasagna for example i would definitely be okay saying that's not something I can eat. Is it okay if I can bring something? Um, and I don't have a problem with that. And in fact, my friend invited us around for dinner a few weeks ago and she specifically messaged me and she said, I'm making, I can do chicken or salmon. Do you have a preference? And I said, I'm not keen on salmon. So she did chicken. And she said, for afters, we're having um, or dessert. We're having this, this and this. And I would have been quite happy saying, don't worry about me. I won't have anything. Or could I have some berries? As it so happened, my friend was making a chocolate cake for another friend's birthday. So two of them were birthday. So I said, don't, I will have some homemade chocolate cake. And I will, because as you know, I'm the moderator. I can go off plan. But the, you know, the whole meal was on plan, but I did have some chocolate cake, but that was it. Um, so I don't have a problem up front saying I'll bring my own food. In fact, we went to another friend. She was planning some stuff and I just took everything that I could eat. You know, I just took my food because I just feel comfortable. I feel more in control if I can control what I eat. And I know that there are no seed oils and there's no sugar and there's no hidden stuff. So, yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I'd be interested, Jackie, how do you feel when you go off plan and then go back on plan? Because I find at Christmas, um, if I eat milk chocolate that I'm not used to eating, I'll get heartburn. And if I eat things that I'm not used to eating, I'll maybe feel a little bit more sleepy. And then it it sort of, it sets me off then. I, I just can't get back on. So do you not feel sort of a bit rotten when you go back on plan? Uh, no, I feel more rotten when I'm off plan. So like you say, um, so my thing around Christmas is from about the 23rd till the first week back in January, that is my, and I put inverted commas, off plan time. That doesn't mean that everything I eat is off plan all the time, but it just gives me, and and this what's, this is what makes it sustainable for me, it gives me some leeway. So in that time, um, I, on Christmas Day, for example, I will definitely be having roast potatoes and I will not be prioritizing my protein. I will be prioritizing my potatoes because that's the one time in the year when I can have homemade roast potatoes. Um, and I think last year we had Yorkshire pudding. So my plate was potatoes and Yorkshire pudding. But I must state up front, I'm not diabetic. I'm not, I probably am a food addict to some extent, but I'm not completely out of control addict um and i will have a little bit of um christmas pudding 
with lots of cream. So that sort of tempers it a bit. But I will notice it in the evening in the sense that I might have some heartburn. I might not sleep very well. Um, and I might feel a bit rubbish and tired and sleepy, like you say. So I get all that stuff. But then probably the next day will be mostly on plan. And I might have a little bit more Christmas pudding, for example. Um, so it's not totally out the window. So, I, you know, most of the time I still intermittent fast. I don't eat um, from from when I stop eating in the evening till lunchtime. So I still do all that stuff along with it. So I've got in my head a set date. This is the date I'm back on plan. And I just do it. It is hard. And I do think, oh, I want to eat that and I want to eat this. But I just, you know, that's my mindset. I'm back on plan and that's it. But I don't go mad in that two weeks. We're eating everything. But I might have, you know, another thing at Christmas for me, a treat is Bendix um, bitter mints or Bendix. They're now called Elizabethan mints or Elizabeth mints. Um, So they're like chocolate mints. I might have a few of those, but I won't have them any other time of year. You have the yeah. advocat as well. Oh, yeah. Snowball. She loves her advocat <laughs> and lemonade. Yeah. And so I might drink a whole bottle of advocat <laughs> over so, the week. So she who's not a drinker, but sure, she'll have a, but but anyway. But this is, lots this of is, lemonade, but the, the, yeah, again, but the lemonade is not low carb and I don't drink the low fat lemonade if I can. Make sugar, the low sugar one. Choose the then right should, one. Yeah. And, um, and port, and I'll drink some port at Christmas as well. But these are things I never do at any other time of the year. Time of the year. So I think, you know, that's that's the thing that I really admire about Jackie, that she's able to, and and you also, when you were went to um, on your holidays, that you go, this is my time, I'm going to have this window, this is my start date and my end date. And um, I think there was a little bit you struggled after one of your holidays, you know, yeah, it was a skiing holiday or one of your, your your summer holidays that it took a little while to get back to right no you know you kept on saying this is the date but it sort of crept a little bit another week or two but my point is that Jackie's very good at saying I'm starting here I'm finishing here and that's where I think we need to build in some of those accountabilities and what Jackie does to for, you know, to me, she goes, I'm just telling you this, I'm holding you to not so much account, but by verbalising it, I'm putting it out there, right, this is my start, this is my end date. And I and do that. Strategies. I'll do that in the group if people say I'm going on holiday and I'm going off plan. I say to them, um, so this is in our <laughs> Facebook group, I'll say to them, when are you getting back on plan? And they'll tell me a date and I'll put that in my diary and I will reach out to them and say, are you back on plan? Um, Mm. And sometimes it's within the group and sometimes it's just me messaging them if I've got their personal number and saying, are you back on plan? So they've been accountable to me to get back on plan. Um, So I will hold people to it. Which is which is good because when we're talking about moderators and abstainers, we're talking about obligers. And and for me, I need to have that external external accountability because I can't internally regulate not being an upholder that can do that internal stuff. Um, and that's where I need to have in those um, accountabilities. And I think Gretchen Rubin was really the one that spoke to me and she really spoke about that, res- that really resonated with 
not having the loopholes because for me a loophole means I, I can drive a lorry through it. You know, it's if, if it's there, I'm going right through that loophole with a lorry and I'm not coming back. So has anyone got anything else they want to add, any tips, any recipes they want to share or something that they're going to do special for Christmas? I will always uh, ask my guests to bring containers so they could take the leftovers home, mm-hmm. especially if a cake appears, you know, or a cheesecake. Oh, that's my nemesis. Yeah. And give it all away. Yeah, yeah. excellent. Heather? The house. Well, I was going to mention um, Emma Porter and um, Sarah Flower. And actually the Kettle Daisies have a Christmas book as well. So um, Sarah Flowers and, and Emma Porter's uh, are e-books um, and they're both working on new ones. Hurrah! Um, so Sarah Flower is bringing out a new Christmas e-book. They're only, they're only little things um, and that will obviously be for Christmas. And Emma Porter as well is working on a, a baking Bible that I think she said she was going to hope to get out um, November sometime. So they'll be full of lovely things you can make. And that's all back to the planning, isn't it? Just like Liz was saying, just, you know, if you if you make the effort and make some nice things that you can have, um, I know Heidi, you were saying it's, it's a problem for you. And to be honest, it's a problem for me. But I don't want to feel like I'm missing out totally. So I do make more of an effort and make some nice things that I can you know, enjoy over that period. And then I don't feel like I'm being a complete Scrooge. Um, you can still take part. Yeah. Yeah. I, over the months of this last year, I found that um, I'm replacing things. I'd rather get out of the kitchen and stop baking and stop trying to make alternatives mm. because I'm still in the trap otherwise and doing something else. So we, we do have... A, other things you know gym running we've tried to get back into that and other interests to take me out because I'm too much in the kitchen made some fabulous recipes it's great but it's still food and it's still there and you know I've just found over the years that the alternatives almonds and all that don't really work you know they I can still overeat them the addiction's still there it's still comfort all those things you know you do dairy is massive it's hard in the supermarkets isn't it just to navigate around all those things so trying to find other interests and things so I personally try and restrain from buying any more of those books but I think they're great I think yes it's a good thing to do you can find some really great alternatives better than the original can't you and I won't probably won't avoid things like potatoes. I don't find those a problem for me at that particular time. It's the other stuff, you know, cakes, biscuits, or whatever. Yeah, and I don't good. really are not attracted to those anyway. I haven't really got a sweet tooth, so that's good. Yeah, but and also, sorry, I was going to say Carrie Brown at CarrieBrown.com. She has a Christmas book, yeah. um, which will be particularly suitable for our american listeners because you know we've got thanksgiving and stuff around that and mega megan um i've got to say the australian (laughs) 
Megan Ellen has got uh, at madcreationshub.com has also got a Christmas book. And in fact, I was looking through some of her recipes and she's got a white keto. No, it's called yeah, what, keto white Christmas. And it's like a white chocolate with cranberries and nuts and things. So I might take a look at that. <laughs> and it's pro- and it's got protein in. So yeah. we're good. So, yeah, sorry, I was just going to, um, you, you mentioned about Carrie, Carrie Brown, and she had a, like a, a little sweet sort of, um, with a biscuit base, like a biscuit sort of, obviously nut, nut flour base, but with the cranberries and, and the icing, icing top as well, which we'll put some, put some links in the show notes for, for some inspiration. And, you know, and I think um, this also gets back to planning, as Heidi was saying about planning. And um, again, Carrie Brown had some great recipes for one of my favourites to, to a savoury, which is is the egg cups. So that's the the leek and the ham, um, you know, mm-hmm. feta sort of egg cup, and that's a really great thing to bring um, if we were going going out. So you can have that cold or warm. Um, so the the egg cups. I mean, I know it's not obviously very Christmassy, but you know, you can make it in bulk, prep it freeze it um bring it cold or um or warm so yeah sorry i want just to mention carrie bam the other lady in england the uh moni keel oh yeah yeah i've got she's got three books i've got all them and they've been great um and not so much christmasy though but just as you was mentioning carrie brown that i found the recipes in this English one, very good, very tasty. Yeah, very it's Keto Kitchen, the books are um, called. And she's also got a YouTube channel, which is quite yeah. funny because she has outtakes at the end of it. And she's got a website, um, is it Fats of Life? That's it. And the recipes, yeah. I have to say, I've made quite a lot of them. Fruit. She's got three books now, but they're very full out. They're very tasty. They very work very well. So... If you like cooking, I thought that that they, her recipes were nice, but um, Christmas ones, I'm not sure um, mm. what she's Joanne's. got in there. So I don't. I've made egg cups. She's got those sort of things in there, but I've yeah. not really go. I don't really go down the line of the sweet stuff much. Um, but definitely the savoury things in that book was very good. I thought. Um, was talking about cheesecake being her nemesis because um, one of the on the Christmas on our Christmas planner, I was going to make a Basque a Basque cheesecake, which is um, obviously you know you can make that obviously very low carb and replacing the sugars with with obviously the sweeteners and that sort of stuff. But it's obviously with the mascarpone or the you know the delicious um, cream cheese and that sort of stuff. So and and it's obviously something that I can bring, I can have feel part of it maybe it's not a christmas pudding but you know it's still something that i can i can bring you can make it into little sort of cups make it individual so and i can leave it there i don't have to have to bring the whole cake home um yeah making them into putting them in the muffin tin is another great way of um you know sharing the love without obviously being obliged to have a whole cake you know you can yeah slice yeah. it up Cheesecake is my go-to if I'm yeah. doing something. I still have my cheesecake pan. I did give away most of my baking goods 
because I have a nine-year-old great nephew. And he said, can I have these? And I went, take them. And mm. but just kept the mixer and the, uh, and the cheesecake pans. So I won't be doing much baking this year. So, I'm, go on. Go. I make a lovely um, celeriac dauphinoise, which I only really do at Christmas. But it's, it's even better if you make it and cook it and then reheat Ooh. it. So you can get it all done beforehand and it's just celeriac layered up with garlic and cream, basically. It's super rich, but, and then you put um, Gruyere cheese on the top. It's really scrumptious. That sounds like something you could freeze as well. You could do these dishes in advance, couldn't you? Probably could freeze it, yeah, but it just, your beauty is you could make it a few days in advance, Mm. keep it in the fridge and... Um, yeah. I found a great, um, a great sort of like a quiche, um, a quiche recipe, and the hero of the dish is the Gruyere, mm. and it's just amazing. Oh, I got like, who knew that you know Gruyere, oh, you know, could be such a deliciously mm. um, body cheese, and it made such a dish, you know, a difference to to what is really just an egg and bacon pie. Um, but an egg and bacon pie with that cheese is just makes all the difference. Yeah. Lovely. So how about we finish off um, if we go round the room, but we'll I'll just go round the order on my screen with we won't go for three top tips, although you're welcome to share three top tips if you have three, but go with one or two top tips. So we'll start again with Heather. Oh, gosh, I think um, if you can afford it, treat yourself to some lovely cheeses. Sorry, Heidi. <laughs> um, <laughs> or, you know, charcuterie, all the lovely the, the meats and things so that um, you don't feel left out. So it does feel like you're it's a treat for yourself. So, you know, find a lovely cheese shop that you wouldn't. It would be far too expensive. Normally, I'm thinking of somewhere up here. You can go in there and easily spend, you know, way too much money. But that's that's Christmas, isn't it? It's a treat. So, um, yeah, some nice special things for you. Lovely. That's my tip. Heidi? Yes, I think perhaps that we shouldn't be so hard on ourselves. We've come a long way and we, we've got the mindset and we're always working, uh, trying to navigate. And I think be kind to yourself, you know. And enjoy Christmas and enjoy the company and perhaps look at other ways in enjoying that. The really, to, you know, with the hopefully the people you're with and rather than just the food, you know, try not to make that too dominant. Perhaps, um, uh, I don't know, go for a walk and things and just cut yourself a little bit of slack and enjoy it. I think definitely. Um, be kind to yourself if if you go off plan just use some tools like I don't know Jen Unwin always saying the red dog blue dog or something like that you know trying to associate the bad food with something but don't be too hard on using that I think Um, yeah just be kind to yourself enjoy it (laughs) yeah I'm definitely with you on that in, in that some a lot of our undoing is is the negative talk we give ourselves instead of just yeah. it's okay it's one day the, yeah. the important thing is that you get back to it yeah. Nicola 
Oh, right. So um, I would say what I learned from last year um, was that sometimes the alternatives can trigger me. So I think I've learned this year that I'm going to have to learn to politely refuse things. And, you know, like Heidi was saying, it's about the people. So I could say, well, you know, I don't really want any dessert or I don't want a piece of cake. But, you know, I'm happy to sit here and just enjoy your company while you eat it. Um, yeah. So that's what I would do, reflect on where I had a problem last year and then think I'm not going down that road again. Yeah, and that's really important, isn't it, to learn from your mistakes or learn, you know, you've learned something about yourself that you can now carry forward. Right, Liz is gone. She has to go. So, Joanne, over to you. Remember the love around the holidays and the people are the most important and the activities, the food is secondary. That being said, plan, plan, plan. <laughs> and Juliet? Well, I was just going to say planning is probably going to have to be my, what I'm going to have to do this year, really. Um, yeah, so that's all I can think of at the moment. Sorry. That's okay. And uh, Louise, you always do this to me when we do AMAs. What's your top tip? I think um, I, what really, yeah, what really resonates is the non-food. The non-food, um, you know, we're focusing on the non-food things in in this in the holiday season. And I think what's really for me is remembering my why, and you know, just knowing. And this sort of speaks to sort of you know Nicola's reflection is just really knowing that if I go off plan, then, you know, I obviously will experience more chronic pain. That's my why. So, um, yeah, so I can focus on those non-food things and enjoy the company of my family, which I haven't had that that time because we've been away. And, um, yeah, just really embrace the summer holidays. Sorry, sorry, Joanne. Sorry, sorry, everybody from the UK. Um <laughs> You know, you can think of me, 30 degrees, by the river cottage, eating freshly caught fish and, you know, enjoying the company of, you know, the boys and Andrew, my mum. Yeah. With the barbie, you'll probably have a barbie. Barbie, putting the shrimp on the barbie. Put the shrimp. <laughs> I was going to say when we were talking uh, to Juliet about inflammation is a lot of your why is around inflammation, isn't it? That's that's mm -hmm. what keeps you on track and yeah and, and I know that when I'm off track um particularly you know with the with the seed oils those sorts of hidden seed oils I, I get a bit sort of yeah that that sort of achy achy stuff so yeah Jackie so my top, my top tip is going to be around if if you're going to be like me and come off plan and have things that you wouldn't normally have so I've got two, two tips around that is a you don't go mad. It's not every meal and it's not all the time. So it's certain things, maybe decide in advance what those certain things are. And the other is definitely put a date in the diary when you're going to get back on. And if you want, if you're not in the Facebook um, Fabulously Keto Facebook group, then come along and tell me your date and I will help you make sure you get back on plan. Excellent. I like how Jackie keeps yeah. everybody so she's she's everybody's moral compass <laughs> if you want me to that is yeah jackley jackley would you know you definitely, definitely take that role very seriously so yeah 
but that's that's good because some people need those those um those accountabilities built in you know just so we don't have those loophole thinking so yeah but thank you to everybody for your time today it's been absolutely fabulous seeing you and we all wish you you know a wonderfully happy healthy safe um holiday period um so yeah it's been absolutely wonderful having you here today yeah and we're not going to do a separate outro louise i'm telling you no. now I mean, not that we planned that so for anybody listening the um all the links all the things that people have mentioned the books and the links we'll put in the show notes and they can be found at fabulouslyketo.com forward slash podcast forward slash episode number I'll do, that. I'll do that in a minute i'll do that again okay. in a second. this is live everybody <laughs> this is this is the blooper the blooper part that of look you get to see the inside workings of louise and jackie's podcasting here so jackie where can you find the show notes for this episode so the show notes will be at fabulouslyketo.com forward slash podcast forward slash one one three awesome hey Happy holidays, everybody. Thanks, Happy. everyone, for joining us. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulously keto and you can choose the monthly amount you wish. Can you recommend a guest we can interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation. Would you like to join our Facebook group? Search for Fabulously Keto on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto and you can follow us there. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto 1. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle fabulouslyketo1 and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice. Whether our guests are doctors, healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication.